Welcome to the Forensicator Podcast, episode number 101. My name is Patrick Seward. I'm the principal consultant and owner of Pro Digital Forensic Consulting based in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, the Forensic the Forensicator Podcast, for those of you who uh, may not have caught our first episode, is uh, it was created as a community of digital forensic professionals. Uh, we uh, want to talk to industry leaders, uh, boots on the ground, uh, general practitioners, and we do this through a series of interviews, news, events, uh, talking about trends and things like that. So we're happy you could join us. Uh, we're very fortunate today to have two guests uh, from Katana Forensics. Katana is the makers of Lantern, uh, as well as Lantern Imager, Plan C, Lantern Light. Uh, they're Mac-based tools. Uh, they're very affordable, very law enforcement friendly. Uh, it's a veteran-owned company. Uh, and if you want to look them up, we'll, we'll give this website a couple different times, but uh, the website is Katana, K-A-T-A-N-A, Forensics.com. Uh, so I'd like to introduce, uh, first of all, we have Sean Morrissey, the CEO of Katana Forensics, and we also have uh, Brad Robin, the uh, Director of Marketing. Welcome, guys. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Very well. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, first of all, uh, start with Sean. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, about your background? Uh, my background, I, was, I started out uh, in college, and since Uncle Sam paid for my school, I went into the Army. Um, and after Army, I went into law enforcement. I was a... Uh, police officer and deputy sheriff in Public County, Maryland. And from there, I went to um, the Department of Defense where I, uh, oh, actually before that, I actually went to the State Department and was uh, training uh, peacekeepers in Africa and then transitioned over to DOD where I taught forensics, where I got my first intro actually into Macintosh forensics. Um, then te- taught there at the uh, DOD Cybercrime Center for many years and went back to the State Department as a contractor for the Computer Investigations uh, Division of the Diplomatic Security Service as the mobile phone forensics examiner. And from there, I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is CEO of Katana Forensics LLC. I'll say you've been around a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> How about you, Brad? Uh, I've been in law enforcement approximately 13 years. Uh, I'm still in law enforcement. And I joined Katana about a year, year and a half ago, and uh, joined in on the marketing aspect of it uh, and use the tool very, very often. Good deal. Uh, so tell us, uh, when and why did you launch Katana Forensics? Geez, that was back when the iPhone first came out. And uh, back then, the tools were, were geared to other types of operating systems, and the iPhone came came as a complete shock to the world. So the the, uh, the providers at the time couldn't parse out iPhone data correctly. They were, you know, they were new, they are developing, so they didn't understand the world of uh, iOS, OS X. So I decided to create a tool that would actually uh, do that um, efficiently, quickly, and correctly. Good deal. And uh, that was right after the, the first iPhone iteration came out? That's when I first started thinking about it and started developing it. Uh, it took a while for it to come out in its first generation. Um, and then uh, after that, we redeveloped it again to just make it look prettier, fancier. But our interface pretty much stayed the same, uh, which is designed to be uh, intuitive. And I can definitely vouch for that. It is a very intuitive tool. It's one of my favorites. Um, so uh, from there, I mean, I'm, I've always been curious because I've been a user for a while. Where did the name Katana come from? I grew up in the military. My dad was in the military. 
Uh, so military history was kind of in, you know, implanted in my brain. So when you're looking, you know, I was looking at naming a company, the company I was thinking of always thought uh, the warrior ethos. So one of the most dedicated warriors, uh, other than probably a Spartan, uh, was a samurai. Mm-hmm. And the samurai's major weapon is the katana. And then if you look at how a katana is made, it's, it's rather impressive. Well, that's an interesting. That's interesting because uh, one of the things I do, kind of on the side, is teach at the police academy. I teach an active shooter course, several of them actually, and uh, so we go into the warrior ethos and all that. So I, I never knew that. Uh, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, so you know, kind of transitioning to uh, forming the company and and what you had to overcome. What was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome besides funding uh, when when you decided to launch a, a new newly formed digital forensic company? One is that you're new. Two, that you're a Mac-based tool. Mm. Um, I think that was one of the major hurdles was getting people to use a Mac-based piece of software. So that's probably the biggest hurdle. We don't see that as much of a hurdle these days as we did in the past um, because that everyone was becoming familiar with Macintosh computers. They like them. You know, it's becoming a they're, – they're a very robust piece of machinery, mm-hmm. and they last for the cycle rate a refresh for your Macs much, much longer than any given Windows uh, box that you buy. Yeah. I, I I often tell people they make fun of me when I go teach classes and whatnot. They make fun of me for for having a Mac and and I run boot camp. I run a dual boot system and I always tell them you know the irony is that a Mac runs Windows better than most PC based computers. <laughs> Absolutely, you you almost rarely ever see the blue screen of death ever. Correct. Yeah, it's it, and people don't believe it. They, you know, they shake their head and they say, "Well, it costs too much money." I said, "Well, I'd rather I'd rather spend a little bit of extra money than uh, have my system crash every six months." So better, better engineered product. That's all, really. It, it really is. I agree. Um, so, what would you consider as your biggest achievement since launching launching Katana? Our biggest achievement. Jeez, oh, we have so many. I think our achievement really is is getting the feedback from people who actually use the tool. Mm -hmm. How many people go to jail? How many people get prosecuted? How many lives we save, especially children who are at risk and people who are unfortunately, you know, part of human trafficking and how many people have used the tool to save, you know, victims of crimes like that. So that's our greatest achievement. Nothing that any one person or the company in and of itself, you know, can say that's it, but it's just what we what our mission is, which is to service both, you know, law enforcement, military, government, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, having worked in law enforcement on the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force myself, I, I can say there's, there's really no more rewarding uh, feeling than when you uh, arrest somebody who is actually, you know, especially responsible for hands-on offenses with children and things like that, and and having the the support of of companies like Katana to to kind of have uh, you know be able to offer tools that are that'll help us do that is is always a, a great asset to have. So I'm curious, you know, there's been a lot of talk, uh, especially going across listservs and whatnot, about um, hacking tools like the IP box and the MFC dongle. What's, what, how do you feel about their use of, of hacking tools like that in, in uh, digital and mobile forensics? Actually, it's no different than what we've been doing in the past. Um, anyone that, does, that used to do any physical imaging on the iPhone, somewhere within their code base, they have 
learned techniques from the hacking community. Mm-hmm. So it's not nothing foreign. It's just something that um, people do. I think we sometimes turn a blind eye to it because it is beneficial to what we do. So it's just that being careful on how you employ a certain piece of, of technology is probably better. Also, in the forensic business, yes, we have taken some jailbreak tools from the jailbreak community, but we've employed them in a safer way that we're not changing or injecting any data onto a device. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's always important. I, I, I got, I, I don't know if you all have read it, but I posted a, a, a blog on my blog page uh, several months ago about the use of the IP box. And, and I was mainly bringing up the fact that if you if you use the IP box and the device has been set to wipe after 10 unsuccessful attempts and that device contains evidence, then if you, could, if you destroyed evidence through use of it, then that could be a problem, especially in court. Um, and then the reactions I got were mixed, but that's why I asked the question just cause you know, I, I like to get different, different perspectives on, on, you know, the use of those, of those tools, because, you know, some of them can be controversial, I guess. Of course, with the new iteration of iOS, they've become a little less, uh, <laughs> a little less of a factor, a lot less of yeah, a factor. Anything, anything above 8.2, forget about it. They're not going to work. Correct. Yeah. So but, it's, but it's go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, but anything underneath that, I mean, even with your with the example that you gave about uh, wiping a phone, well, the problem, the good thing about it is, is that you don't know. Whoever's right. utilizing that technology isn't going to know what happens if you utilize it. It's not like you could get into it before, right. you know. Right. So what did you lose? Nothing. Yeah, I understand. And you know, so when people come up with an argument, well, it, it, it uh, you deleted it because you used like an IP box, well. You couldn't get into it before it, and if you accidentally wiped it because you don't know what's actually been set on the phone, you really didn't lose anything because no one except the owner, who doesn't want to cooperate, can get into it. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a hot topic going across the uh, the IASIS listserv and some of the other ones that that I'm a member of. So it's 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 been interesting. It's it's interesting to see how these things evolve. Um, what do you think is going to be the, the next biggest challenge for mobile forensic tool development companies in general within the next few years? Well, just getting data off the, off the phones is the challenge. Yeah. And it seems like there's going to be a lot more. It seems like data security and encryption is being rolled out a little bit, a lot more. Uh, you know, I know it's always been kind of. Uh, part of the Apple, uh, the iOS, and, and, the, and the Apple devices, uh, you know, the way the, the data is stored. But it seems like uh, ever more the Android devices are coming out with uh, with encryption schemes, for, you know, right out of the factory. And, of course, that makes it really difficult for us to, to access the data. So you're right. But, yes. But the thing is, is that we have, we have about two people that I can actually name, and I don't know if I want to name them, but there are two individuals of which one I've kind of warned everybody in the community several, several years ago that you shouldn't trust them. Right. And one of them that we all know is uh, Edward Snowden, which is the main reason why we're in the situation we're in today. Mm-hmm. Because when you listen to, like, Tim Cook, who sort of actually raises Snowden's name and why Apple is going through this whole security route, is because of government intrusion and illegal searches and seizures and things like that. Well, that's not always necessarily true. Um, I think law enforcement as a whole does things, you know, with the letter of the law. 
Yeah. I don't think we yeah. go out willy-nilly and just start going into people's phones. I think that I think Tim Cook and the rest of them, I think, have a very false misrepresentation on how law enforcement actually works on a day-to-day operation. They don't understand. They look from their ivory towers, and they see something on the news, and then they say, well, we know what's better for you, so we'll lock your phone down. That is now only really made very, very well for criminals. Right. Yeah, and and it's also very salacious. I mean, the media loves to talk about it. It's it's one of, you know. And I tell people what I do for a living, and and they look at me. And in fact, I was at a networking event today, and I told somebody what I did, and they they you know their eyes get wide and they go, oh, you're one of those guys, and and they they have this conception that we can you know essentially hack into whatever we want to and get whatever the data we want to. When I certainly don't have those skills, and I know some people might, but I certainly don't. So, you know, it, it it's always kind of a, a to you got to defeat the the CSI mindset. That, uh, that people have, you know, they watch too much TV sometimes. Um, yes. So, so tell us what's the what's the next big thing from Katana Forensics? Oh, geez, we have a lot of things coming up. Uh, um, some things I would just love to tell you. But, <laughs> you know, since we're an Apple-based kind of you know Mac-based company that we use and we develop everything on the Mac, you know, what's our next big thing? Well, people are going to have to wait. Right. Unfortunately. But there are some things that we will announce and show off at the international, uh, the ICAC conference in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, coming up later this month, and also at the Techno Security Mobile Forensic World Conference in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Good deal. So there are a lot of things that are coming up, uh, both software and hardware, um, that I think the community uh, will like. That's a good little. That's a good little hint. I, uh, you said software and hardware, so that's a that's a good little tidbit. I appreciate that. Now, I, I generally end. Well, it was my plan, at least from the get go, to to end uh, most of the questions with with uh, asking Apple versus Android, what's your pick? But I'm pretty sure I know the answer to it, so I'm not I'm not sure I'm going to go there. <laughs> um, I will. I will end by saying that I am a, a Lantern certified examiner. I, I went through the course last July up in uh, up in Boston. It was a great course, uh, very affordable, um, especially for law enforcement and military. Uh, I, I I love that Katana is very supportive of of not only law enforcement and military, but like myself, former law enforcement. Um, and and I can't say enough good things about the tools. As far as bang for your buck. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things, and I'm always pushing it. And you know, people say uh, there, there's another company out there, of course, that that is that is uh, that is always pushed um, and, and is is about ten times more expensive. Um, but you know, I, I bang for your buck. I can't I can't say enough good things about Lantern, and, and I, I will continue to be a user. And I appreciate everything that y'all do for us as 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 examiners and essentially end users of the tool that uh, to to make it accessible, to make it affordable, and and really uh, when the end product goes to prosecutors and and attorneys that they can they can look at the reports and and they know you know it's intuitive and they know how to how to navigate. It's a really great great thing for us. That's what we, that is our mission. That was my goal when I created Lantern, was to make it intuitive, not just from an examiner's point of view, but it's also from the end product, what gets, what goes beyond the examiner or the investigator to 12 people sitting in a box um, that are the triers of fact. Right. 
and 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 really when it comes right down to it that's the that's the final product uh you know it, you can have all the all the hex code and all the all the all the technical jargon you want uh if it's un, if it's not understandable and intuitive to to essentially a jury or a judge uh then it's not really useful so that's that's a great thing to have yeah that's that's what i learned very early on when i was in the police academy mm-hmm. write your report in a way that you know 12 people would sit in a box if they had to read it uh, can understand it. And they also taught us in the police academies that also be mindful that if you write a report, that it may someday well be in the hands of 12, I believe 12 judges at the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, so you already mentioned the uh, the two conferences. Do you have dates on those? Uh, the ICAC conference is... They're both almost the same week. They're 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 actually going on at the same time. Okay. Well, we'll, the, we'll the first first week of June. First week of June. Okay. Well, when we uh, when we post this, we'll go ahead and post a link to that, and um, as well, we'll 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 keep promoting the uh, the website, which is katana k a t a n a forensics.com. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug? I, I noticed you got it, the website's been redesigned and, and it's a, it's a lot s- sleeker looking and a lot more modern user friendly. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? We just, uh, have a new customer portal that we've started. Uh, our customers can log into that. It's much easier to browse through. And one thing to remember for the product is we're very law enforcement friendly. And our idea is we want to price it right so that way more law enforcement can get the tool and use the tool to save lives every mm-hmm. day. Well, and I can definitely vouch for that. It's uh, it's not only a great tool, but it's very, very affordable. And, and, and I know everybody in, in law enforcement appreciates it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, answering our questions and giving us a little hint about what might be coming from Katana. Uh, I, again, I appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a safe trip back home, wherever you're going. And thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guests, Brad Robin and Sean Morrissey, CEO of Katana Forensics, for giving us some insight into the company, its history, their main tool, Lantern, and how all the ways it can help us in our investigations and examinations. It's really a great tool, and I highly recommend it. For those of you who don't use it, I know it's a Mac-based tool, but uh, I'm sure that you'll find that it's extremely intuitive and really useful uh, to help uncover valuable evidence in your investigations. Our contact information, you can contact us on the web at pro, P-R-O, digital, D-I-G-I-T-A-L, the number four, the letter N, the number six, dot com. That's prodigital4n6.com. We're also on Twitter at prodigital4n6, and our blog is prodigital4n6.blogspot.com. Com. I encourage you to check it out. We're updating the content regularly, and we try to keep it timely and topical and even a little bit interesting. Thank you very much for joining us on Forensicator Podcast number 101. We look forward to you joining us the next time, and until then, keep searching. <laughs>